welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where you make your move from product manager to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you can create products customers actually love. Now, experienced product managers benefit from what they've learned from their previous successes and failures, and that experience is valuable. However, they can also pick up some bad habits along the way. Some bad habits may be from a lack of knowing better, but others come from routine and that, you know, this is how we do it sort of mentality that too often develops over time in many organizations. The first step to correcting bad habits is recognizing that they're occurring. My guest is going to help us with that. She's Alicia Dixon, Senior Product Manager at Hilton. Alicia is involved with mobile and digital product innovation. Further, she volunteers for Product Camp DC, and she shared aspects of the topic that we're discussing recently at Product Camp Silicon Valley. Also, I want you to know that both Alicia and I have found value in product management training and certification. I began the interview asking her about this, as she currently has five different product management certifications, which is more than anyone else I know. We both share the value that we found in earning certifications and why we encourage others to earn them as well. And I'll give you a little preview. It has something to do with those aha moments that really help our careers progress. The summary of our discussion is at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 183. I hope you enjoy it. Alicia, thank you so much for joining the Everyday Innovator podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad we connected. We know each other th- without realizing it through Cindy Solomon because we've both been on her podcast in the past for product talk management. And we had tweeted way back a long time ago when when I was a guest on there. And now I get the pleasure of talking to you about your experience in product management. And one of the things I'm always interested in is just how people got into the role. We seem to come from different paths. I know my path was kind of accidental. I, I'm curious to learn about yours. How, how did you end up in product management? Yeah, I think the accidental theme is one that's very common for people who have been in product management for a decade or more, Mm -hmm. which is my case. Um, I don't know many people who have been doing it for that long who can say, you know, I went to school for this and it's what I set out to do and I aim to be a product manager. So my story, like a lot of other people I've talked to, is one day I went to work and I was working for Dell and I actually, my background was um, marketing and brand management. And then then one day it was like, you are now a product manager. So I was working for Dell on their services business and um, became part of the product group as a product manager doing uh, services to support the the desktop sales. I had a brief stint where I went to graduate school, but then decided the PhD route was not for me. Congratulations on finishing yours. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I actually dropped out of graduate school and said, okay, I need a job. That product was kind of cool. Let me go back to that. So mm-hmm. I found a job um, working for a subsidiary of UPS um, which was called at the time Ronet Technologies. Uh, and I did product there focused on mobile huh. uh, for about five years. Huh. I left there and did um, mobile at another company that was a small uh, commercial publishing and printing company. And then most recently I've been with Hilton. I came with Hilton focused on mobile apps, but have now moved into a new area for me. So I'm learning about digital payments. 
Great. It sounds like you've been on the cutting edge many times there, early into mobile and early into digital payments. Yeah, it's interesting because that's, you know, where my interest always seems to lay is on uh, lay, lie. Not sure. Yeah, it's one of those. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure where, where my, my, my interest always is on the cutting edge new stuff. So mm-hmm. my problem with career progression is I'm never working with a core business. So I don't get that, you know, superstar status of, hey, she grew our business X much because the the changes that I make don't really move the needle for a larger corporation. So, <laughs> but it's yeah. fun for me. I enjoy it. But those changes are vital to their future success, right? We, we That's innovation is that's definitely true yeah innovation is often kind of like coloring outside the lines a little bit right it's just it's those newer things that the organization is not doing yet that becomes core uh, capabilities in the future that they need i definitely agree with that yes very cool so i'm curious when when you had this change at dell so uh you know some time ago when you went from kind of the doing the marketing work to being told you're going to be a product manager and helping out with the desktop sales Uh, How did you learn about what was expected at that point? It may have come with the job description, but just being told you're going to be a product manager, I would think at the time was like, I'm going to be a what? And how do I find out about this? I didn't even realize I was a product manager until after I left Dell. And I went back and was like, well, what was that last job I had? They called me a business development manager. Okay. But the role was working in the product group. So when I was leaving graduate school and was trying to figure out, okay, what do I do now? I was like, well, okay, looking at my old job and, and doing a bunch of research. And that's when I figured out that I had done product management. Luckily, since Dell was such a strong technology player and it was, you know, we had a very large product group, we had very much a um, set process of doing the software development lifecycle and product um, development hmm. kind of. And the other areas expanded off of that. So I got to learn by following the Dell processes uh-huh. and then uh, was able to take that knowledge to my other positions. Okay, great. I think that's a lot of us. Like you said, if it, we've been in product management for more than just a few years. Now there are a few a few of the training programs showing up, You know, not usually at universities, but people that go to learn about product management to, and seek out the job. But for many of us, we we just were doing product work and then later realized, oh, there's this discipline called product management. My first connection to that discipline was through PDMA, the Product Development Management Association, which I'm glad to support. And another one is the Association of International Product Marketers and Managers, AIPMM. And they both provide certifications. And, and I noticed that you have a few. I think you're up to five certifications now on, on your profile. <laughs> a couple of them from AIPMM. Yeah. And I'm just curious... I have found at times certifications to be helpful myself. I'm just curious what value you you have found in in doing this. The value of, for me, of the certifications, it was, like I said, I I found out that I was doing product later. So it was a lot of teaching myself and picking up books and trying to learn on my own. Mm -hmm. So for me, the certifications were kind of like course corrections and validations for, oh, I I did do that right. I, I was totally guessing it was getting more official training because a lot of times um, the, the two jobs that I had when I left Dell were both very small teams. So mm. it was like, you know, the blind leading the blind. So going to do the certifications and the external trainings I found were really good for me to build my confidence as a product person to actually feel secure and that I was doing the right work. Yeah, and I hear that a lot, you know, and I found it to be so valuable. I started, you know, teaching for both those associations to help people earn the certifications. And in my case, that it was just a big aha moment that put together a lot of the pieces 
like, oh, this is what product management is actually about. You know, th- these are the things I should have some competencies in. And it was a good confidence builder. Yeah. Right? And a lot of people tell me like, yeah, boy, that really helped my confidence. I, I, I know what I, I should know. And I can talk about this more formal, intelligent sort of way. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. And, and just to not overdo the certification thing, sometimes this comes up, I get asked, well, is this going to help me get, get a job? I think the reality is for our space right now, none of these are job creators, right? I, I occasionally see a job description that says, you know, this certification is preferred. But I think more than anything, it gives you a really good story to talk about. I learned these things because I'm dedicated to the profession. I was just curious what you've seen. That has been my experience as well. I haven't ever seen uh, anyone not get considered because they haven't had a certification, mm-hmm. nor have I, it's, I wouldn't compare it to like some of the uh, other discipline certifications where you can't get in the door unless you have it. That, that right. isn't at all the case from what I've seen with product management certifications. But on the flip side, I would say that the job that I have now, when someone wants to do something and they're unsure, they come to me and they said, Hey, Alicia, you have all this training. How should I do that? And I can at least point them to a resource because it might not be something I've done, but it's something I've been exposed to. Yeah. So there's definitely value there. Yeah. For building confidence and credibility. So I think really helpful still. Good. Yeah. Just curious about that since I saw your profile. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute. This episode of The Everyday Innovator is brought to you by Product Innovation Educators, your one place for online training to make the move from product manager to product master. When you enroll in one of our online courses, it's like having Chad McAllister as your personal coach. In each course, you get video lessons, added resources, and a private community for collaboration with other product managers and innovators. And, of course, you get direct access to Chad, who will answer your questions and get you heading in the right direction. Past students tell us the concepts, practices, and tools are valuable, but the real benefits they gain are being more confident, increasing their influence in their organization, and generating greater success for themselves and their company. There are four levels of training to become a product master. Find your level now. Get started by going to theeverydayinnovator.com forward slash master. You're one place to become a product master. Theeverydayinnovator.com forward slash master. Don't wait. Get started now. Recently, you, you had done a presentation about bad habits of experienced product managers, which I thought was an excellent topic for us to dig into a little bit more. I've seen a lot of talks and presentations kind of like on, you know, your first two years of being a product manager, these are things to avoid, things to do, that sort of thing. But not this approach on, well, as experienced product managers, we might be developing some bad habits and and, uh, we should be aware of that. So I thought this was an excellent thing for us to bring the everyday innovators that are listening now. So let's dive in. Where do you want to start? Which bad habits should we pick on first? Before I dive into the the actual habits, can I give you a little bit of backstory of where that came from? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have a friend who works in Silicon Valley who had a job posting out a couple of months ago, and she asked me for some referrals. And she said, you know, I'm really looking for somebody with at least six years of experience. I, I would like you to apply. And I told her, well, I just, you know, transitioned to a new role at Hilton. I really am dedicated to doing this for a while. Let me give you some names. And I gave her I think almost 10, 12 names. And um, I thought, okay, she'll, she'll definitely pick one of those. And she even said that they had a, a bonus program for referrals. So I was like, ah, I'm getting that money. <laughs> well, 
about two and a half months later, she sends me a note and says, I'm still looking. You have any other names? And I said, what do you mean you're still looking? I know I've seen the post. I know you've, you've, you're, you've gotten interest and I gave you all these names. What happened? She said to me, well, all the people who are experienced have developed some really bad habits. Hmm. So I'm trying to make sure I don't hire someone like that. So that happened just a couple of days before I went to Silicon Valley product camp. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was there and just on the plane, I said, I, sh- I should post that and pitch it as a session. So we had a very interesting and interactive discussion, no slides or anything, where it was just a group of seasoned product managers talking about the bad habits that we had picked up and what we're trying to do to get past them. Um, so it, it was a I was surprised that one, it got voted in and two, as many people came to the session as it did, because I thought it was definitely going to be me, you know, going to someone else's session rather than presenting one on my own. Right. That was excellent. It's a real world experience, right? Very timely and gave you a good yeah. <laughs> topic idea there for the, for PCAMP. Good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this actually matters. So we, we have a hiring manager, at least in this example, not hiring experienced product managers because they picked up bad habits. Exactly. We should all be listening now. <laughs> We we should definitely perk up the ears. So let's address a a bad habit that we should be avoiding here. The first one that came out when I opened it up to the group was not talking to customers. Hmm. As a a seasoned product manager, you have this laundry list of of backlog or of ideas that you want, and you start working down the list, and you get to the point where you're tied to your desk working down that list, and you stop going out and being active, and there are other demands that come up of going to meetings, working with the team. So you you think, okay, I already I talked to them two years, three years, four years ago. I know this is what people want, and not being out there and, and continuously talking to people. That was the first day. And that's a big one. When we look at these surveys of product managers and how we spend our time and how we want to be spending our time, Almost across the board, they say that product managers want to be spending much more time with customers and they just, they can't fit it into their schedules, right? They're, they're too busy right. doing tactical, putting out fires sort of work and can't really be thinking about the, the product vision as much as they want to be and learning from customers what that needs to be, right? What's, uh, where are we going in the future? So not talking to customers is a big one. And I think this happens, this makes sense to me that this would happen more uh, with experience. And especially if you're involved in more mature products, because for some reason, I, I just had a discussion about this. For some reason, as products mature, we tend to kind of get out of that discovery phase and we're, we're not as close to customers as we should be. Exactly. And that actually leads into the next the biggest problem. The reason why I feel like, at least it's been my own experience, a lot of people aren't talking to their customers is the other bad habit is building exactly what leadership asks for. You get mm-hmm. to a point where you start having your executives or your sales team pushing down on you and saying, hey, I need you to do this next, do this next. And you're so focused on just putting out the features they're asking for and becoming a feature factory that you don't have the time. Again, you become tactical and you don't have the time to go out and talk to the customer. Mm -hmm. So those two go hand in hand as the biggest bad habits. Yeah, that's a really good one, building what leadership asks for. Obviously, we're working within an organization. We have this context. We we want to create revenue or we we don't get to stay in business as an organization. So sales is clearly important, and it's easy to respond to sales needs. And sometimes this goes as far as we're now we're building one-off products for customers, which isn't at all sustainable uh, over the long term. 
But but we stop doing that discovery work, and we start just responding to what sales is bringing us the, their perspective on what the customer needs. Yes, definitely. And instead, we should have a good good vision of the product. It's not that we discount and ignore sales, but we want to consider our entire customer set, our target market that we're addressing, and make sure we're providing value for everyone and not just single client opportunities. Yeah, I definitely not saying ignore sales. And I actually learned that lesson the hard way when I was doing uh, a, a business to business product that my, my sales guy who sold the most caused me the most eggs because he was out there selling stuff. It's like, doesn't do that. We don't do that. But I finally realized. You're kidding. Alicia, I needed that's him. happened to you? <laughs> they, they were selling something the product actually didn't do? I'm stunned and I think, shocked. I think you can't call yourself a product manager until you've been through that experience, right? Right. But um, I, re- I finally realized I needed him. He was the right. top seller of my product. And right. when I realized I needed to embrace him and use what he could offer to me, my success in that position became a lot more, um, you know, accelerated quite a bit. So absolutely. um, Definitely listen to sales, but don't let sales be your only connection to customers. Yeah. You you need your own connection and you need to understand what, what customers are struggling with and how to create value for them. So those are a couple big bad habits of experienced product managers, not spending enough time with customers. I got one more, one more big one. Yeah. Good. Using old tech, getting comfortable with something and you keep using it mm. because that's what you know and you become very proficient with it instead of making sure you keep yourself updated. And that applies to the tech that underscores and runs your product as well as the, the, the tools that we use to do our job. So like I, I learned Visio to do my first wires. So, mm-hmm. you know, then I, I moved to Balsamic and now there are lots of newer tools, sketch and mock-ups and whatnot that... Like, I don't really want to learn something. I can still do it in Visio if I have to. But you have to keep pushing yourself to, to learn the newer tools. Yeah, that's important. And I would expand that to other aspects of the product, too. There's This is an old case study, but there's a company called Marketscape, founded by a very successful person. Who, this was not his, his first uh, entrepreneur endeavor. It was easy for him to get investment. And he, they were going to build a CRM solution for uh, large enterprises. They had a very good approach for understanding what the customer needed, and they went down this path, and they built this wonderful solution. And at the same time, there was something going on in the marketplace, this little thing known as, that we now know as software as a service. They kind of missed that, right? They they were focused on what they were doing, and they missed this thing that was external to the, them at the time. But it was a big change taking place in the marketplace, and that's the reason why we know most of us would recognize sales logics as the CRM solution, which is a SaaS solution, and we don't really remember this other one because they they missed that boat, so to speak. Right. I think as product managers, more than probably most people in the organization, we need to be aware of what's going on in kind of the broader marketplace when it comes to our options for products also because it might mess up. You know, if we miss a trend, it might uh, impact uh, what we're doing quite a bit. Yep, totally. I agree with that one. And I like your context too of just as product managers, we need to be you know, sharpening that saw, so to speak, right? The seven habits of, of, of uh, effective people and using new tools and pushing ourselves forward too. So that's a good reminder because I, as as we get more experience, we probably get more set in our ways at times. Yeah, and you get busier that you, you don't have the time to, the luxury of just going out to read something. So yeah. you're, you rely on what you already know. Yeah, that's good. So those were three 
big bad habits that came up as part of the PCAMP discussion. Were there others that you talked about too? We kind of turned the discussion then to, okay, how do we avoid having these bad habits? Uh-huh. So it, it was interesting. I, one of the things I thought we mentioned the certifications in the training. So I was like, so what do you guys think of training? Does training help you with bad habits? And <laughs> the room was dead. They're like, no, no. Um, the things that came up were really tied back into more, you know, just biz- basic professional management, which were time management, making sure that you really, you know, you plan the time into your schedule uh, and like the time to go talk to customers, the time to go research new tools um, or else you, you're never going to get to it if you don't plan the time in your schedule. And the other thing that uh, people liked instead of training, which I was surprised to were peer groups. They said, mm. you know, either meet internally with other product managers, have reviews of here's what I'm trying to do and get feedback from other people or even going to external meetups or things like product camp. Uh-huh. So um, I, I found that pretty interesting because I'm going to assume thought is like you, it's easier to pick apart what somebody else is doing than versus to evaluate yourself. But that was really the, the biggest thing that everyone seemed to agree on that peer groups were a really helpful way of keeping yourself updated and sharp as a product person. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of value there. And for anyone that's interested I just go to uh, meetup.com and search for product manager, right? And then see what comes up. Um, And then there's PCAMP, which is offered in many larger cities, at least once a year. We have one coming up in Denver, Denver shortly. Denver now is doing it twice a year. We do two after things. And then there's the product tank from mind the product folks. Yep. Mind the product. Yep. Um, And lots of options here, right? But go to, go to meetup and see if there's something going on. Uh, And there's virtual opportunities too. Listening to this podcast. There you go, which is why we do this, right? We, we want to bring value to the everyday innovators to be better product managers and innovators. I appreciate that little plug there. And I think that is really helpful, and not just for learning from others, but there's also some camaraderie in sharing the challenges that you're going through. The role can be a little bit isolating at times in product management, and it's good to get together with others and find out you're not alone. Right. And you also don't have to recreate the wheel. Like yeah. you sometimes you think, oh my gosh, I need to go do an experiment. I don't know how to do this. Well, someone else has probably done that already. Right. right. Yeah. So leverage each other. And I'm curious about your experience with this. You know, my background is, is software product management. The first group I got involved with was PDMA, which is across the board, across industries for product management and probably has more roots in physical products than anything. But I found it so incredibly enlightening to be with product managers in other industries. We basically talk about the same things and we apply the same same processes. We're just working with different kinds of products. More light bulbs went off for me as I thought about how people apply this in you know building materials or you know toothpaste or uh, uh, other contexts. That was really valuable, and I'm curious if you have seen that or not. I know a lot of the product meetups now are focused on digital products. But all kinds of people still show up to these. So my experience is actually because I live in the D.C. metro area mm-hmm. has been seeing products in um, nonprofits and government spaces versus mm-hmm. in a commercial space. That's mm-hmm. where it's been very interesting of, oh, oh, you can't just throw something up like that, can you? Because you've got compliance issues that <laughs> I don't have to deal with. Right. right? So um, that's the exposure that I've had to comparing our product processes to someone doing something similar, but has a little bit of adjustment. Yep. 
I do want to go back and revisit certification and training. And those can be the same thing, separate things. Okay. And I'm biased, right? Because I'm speaking from my own experience. And, and full disclosure, I said this before, I provide training for two popular certifications that are out there only because I found them so much helpful. And in my experience with, I used to do these public study groups, which I'm hoping to do more of. Every now and then someone will call me from having taken participate in one of these public study groups, you know, a couple of years later and say, you know, that has helped me so much in my organization, right? And, and really tangible differences. I think there might be just a little bit of laziness maybe going on when people say that training isn't really a way to help you get made aware of bad habits and unstuck in them, perhaps. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like you said, I have lots of certifications, so I definitely feel the value in the training. Um, and I was surprised when I um, posed that to the group and they didn't buy into the idea of training. I, I think that the thought is that what a lot of people have had to deal with, with when they did training was they go off, they sit in the room, they're sequestered from their job, they learn these things, but they don't really have the connection or the the action to actually start using it. So I don't know that it's that they don't value the training. It's that they're not finding ways to actually take it and, and make it useful to them. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's a call to action for the people who are presenting trainings mm-hmm. to make sure you don't just, you know, present these examples that can't be pulled into what I do day to day. Right. That's a real challenge and it has to be applicable for sure. And uh, you have to find a way to way to do that to make sure you can apply what you're learning now, the problems that you're facing. Yes. Perhaps the, the biggest takeaway there then is if you're not going to make time for training, at least make time for, for meetups, spend time in a community with other product managers and swap stories and see what's working, what's not working. And there is a lot of training that takes place at these meetups, right? There, there's usually a presentation yep. and we're learning. That, that's good. The first time I ever heard about an MVP was at Product Camp DC. Hmm. Not something that we were doing in my job at all. So then when someone mentioned it at work, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I've heard about that thing before. So it, that's exactly the answer to keeping yourself fresh is seeing what other people are talking about and making sure that you're not you know, just in your own silo doing the same thing every day. Yeah. I'm curious if this came up in the discussion or not. As we're becoming more experienced product managers, we're also taking on more leadership responsibilities, You know, whether it's a formal leadership role in the organization or just being more influential in product strategy, product direction over time. And as such, we're getting away in some sense from the, the day-to-day activities of product management, including what should be occasionally you know, talking to customers and, and staying close to the problem. Um, and just as our careers are progressing, that by moving into more leadership roles, we're kind of, in a way, distancing ourselves a bit over time from product management activities. Was there any discussion about that? Interesting that you should bring that up because actually I tried to introduce that concept and I, and I asked, you know, as you move up, do you, what do you, does these things matter anymore? Do you still need to keep yourself fresh? Do you need to go out and talk to customers? And the general consensus there not a lot of people commented, but a lot of people nodded when someone did make this comment was you, your focus changes and you're not really as focused on the core, how to do product anymore. So you don't necessarily need to keep your stuff fresh and how to product. You just need to make sure that the people reporting to you are keeping themselves fresh and how to do product. Um, So I, I don't know if I personally agree with that, but that was the, that was the feeling in the room. I feel like, 
in order to really lead the team, you, you need to kind of at least have a direction to point them in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't see myself personally stepping away from those things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question that I pose to them is if you're successful and your product is making money and your company is growing, does it matter if you have bad habits? And the other, resoundingly, the whole group said, yes, it, how you do things matters. Starting with how you got this topic, it clearly matters for your own career options because oh, yeah. there's hiring, yeah. managers, hiring managers out there recognizing that you've developed some bad habits that's detrimental to your options you have. Yeah. That, that makes us pretty meaningful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unfortunate in many organizations as you, you grow – your career grows and you become more responsible in management and leadership roles, often you get further away from the customer. I know you listen to this podcast regularly, and that doesn't mean that you listen to all of them by any means, but back in episode (laughs) 120, had this great discussion with a VP of innovation for Snap-on Tools, Ben Brinton. As the person in charge of innovation over all of Snap-on Tools, he is out in the field four days every week with customers. And he's out there, not just you know, himself going out, he brings people from the product teams out with him all the time. So he's trying to get all the people involved in product out with customers regularly. And that's how they do innovation. That That's their connection, right? And I thought that was so incredibly refreshing. First, I was totally amazed. It's four days out of every week he, he's having customer interaction. At a C-level, in the C-suite, making a a focus on that time, right? To stay connected with your customers. Yeah, so that really goes back to the time management thing that you mm-hmm. have to make time in order to get it done. But it also really underscores that it's cultural, right? You This starts at the top and, and trickles down that yep. if you have a culture where people expect to see you you know, at your desk and they're tracking what time you leave and what time you uh, come back, you, you, you feel uncomfortable going out into the field. And you're like, oh, I'm going to talk to a customer and they think I'm really going to go interview somewhere else or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But that it's it's like like a lack of trust in in the people who you are are on your team. So definitely, if it starts at the top of setting that priority of we're out there in the field, we're talking to customers on a regular basis, it will it will change how the rest of the team performs. Yeah, that's excellent. Good. Thanks for walking us through some of the bad habits that you guys identified at PCAMP and ways for avoiding them. And as listeners know, and you know, I love a good innovation quote. So what did you bring us and tell us why that one's important? You know, I thought about this for a while. Um, Most people like to go with, you know, Steve Jobs or Thomas Edison or a real, you know, one of those very well-known quotes. But I have been doing a lot of work on myself lately. And so I went with the mother of self-help and that was Louise Hay. So my quote is, your mind is a tool you can choose to use any way you wish. You can open that up to a lot of different kinds of innovation. Mm -hmm. Often, I think our limitations come from within ourselves, how we think about the possibilities before us. And our our mind's a tool, right? And put it to use. Yeah. So, very good. Use it any way you wish. Thank you for sharing that with us. And if people want to to reach out to you and just connect with you about the work that you are doing, what's a good way for them to do that? Twitter is probably the best way to get in touch with me. Um, My Twitter handle is... L-I underscore L-I underscore D. So it's Lily D, which is, you know, a takeoff of my nickname, Alicia, Lily. Lily D. Okay, very good. I'll put that in the show notes for listeners. Alicia, thank you for your time and sharing your experience with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator, where you make your move from product manager to product master. 
gaining the influence and confidence you need to create products customers love. Find the summary of the discussion with Alicia at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 183. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.